What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Vaith Eleanor podcast. I'm your host, Mariani, and I hope you guys are doing well. Today's conversation is going to be something special. I have a guest here with me, one of my really good, good friends, uh, Miss Takel. Takel is my Haitian sister, Haiti represents. Hey. <laughs> Takel is a writer. She is a host of a show called Conversations with Takel. Um, you know, in every friendship, you need a friend that will pray for you, that has a word for you, a word of encouragement for you, and also you need a petty friend. And let me tell you, Takel, Takel, Takel is a blessing because I can be so petty with her and we can also talk about Jesus and laugh our butts off and also grieve with all that's happening. And Takel, I'm so grateful that you're able to do this today because I get to share you with uh, people that listen to my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah. Takel lives in Minnesota. Yes. And uh, Takel, how, how's Minnesota doing? How how? <laughs> Girl, somebody needs to save me over here. Like, somebody <laughs> come get me, honey, because it is weird here, y'all. Um, last week was 75 degrees. Okay. And then, to, then, like, last Sunday, 75 degrees. The next day, um, it was, like, 65 in the morning, and then I left work, and it was, like, snowing, 34 and snowing. I cried. What? Y'all. <laughs> Listen, somebody needs to come save me. It sounds confusing. It sounds like the climate is as confused as the climate in America. <laughs> Vanessa, yes. Everybody's confused. You know, the weather, everybody. Jesus, we're going to save us. We just going to need clarity, Jesus. H E L P. For real, I'm like calling up a sign list. It's like, help, save me. And like, I, want, I literally will sit in front of a sun lamp to pretend that I'm on the beach because <laughs> we don't see the sun here. <laughs> here so. comes the sun. Um, I love it. And I actually met you six years ago um, yes. in uh, Northern California in Vacaville, yes. out, out of all places. And I'm so grateful for that. We were both attending a conference, um, School of the Prophets, and now we're lifelong friends. Yes, girl. Yes, I love it. Yo, let's jump right into this. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Before we do, I want to just talk about your show real quick. Conversations with Zakel. So before, um, you just relaunched your show. Yes. And I'm so grateful that you are back because I've missed you. I loved watching you. Um you were one you're such a natural Two, the stuff that you talk about it's so authentic so encouraging to the heart but tell me um about what is your heart really um about your show i've always wanted to make a talk show so in 2017 i just decided hey this is what i want to do i want to launch it and i launched it um october 22nd 2017 and then um did it for a little while paused it and I thought a pause would have been like a week and mm. it was actually two and a half years. Mm. And this time around, it, so I relaunched it specifically um, 
this time mm. because our nation is just so crazy right now. We've, we've gone through yeah. a lot, the whole world has, and I wanted to bring hope and inspire people so when they watch, they can feel like they can let their hair down for a little bit, kind of forget mm. the cares of the world, feel inspired for the week. Like, there's not a talk show on Sundays. Yeah. You know? And yep. so they get to start off the week, and I hope that it inspires people, encourages them, and then I hope they come back next week to get filled up um, you know, again, and I that was kind it. of the purpose of it last time too. I just wanted, I, I have so much stirring in me that I just needed an outlet to get it out. But yeah. I also wanted to purposely inspire people and have them, you know, go after their dreams, try something mm. new. Yeah. I love that. I love Thank that. You. And Instagram is such a perfect platform for that. We're always on social media anyways. Yes. And thank God that, you know, you're able to do that. That's so amazing. So excited. I love Instagram. And I tell my Instagram followers, like, I love y'all more. So I started on Facebook, but then I decided to transfer to Instagram because my Instagram felt way more peaceful than my Facebook. So that's why. Period. Yes. (laughs) All right. Let's jump right into it. The tea. We got some tea. It is. There's a lot going on in our world right now. And as believers, I'm going to just talk about the saints real quick because I feel like that we need to get our act together. We are not. Yes. We are everywhere right now. And as believers, as a church, we are divided and it's truly sad. And, you know, this is my perspective. I mean, do you feel the church is divided right now? Yes, I really do. I've never, I've grown up in the church ever since I came to America from Haiti um, as a baby. Hey, I was um, literally raised in the church. I was there every time and just loved Jesus. And um, I have never seen a church this divided as it Mm -hmm. is right now in 2020. And we speak, we want unity out in the, you know, in our, in our world, in our country and a church needs to be unified. But I'm like, hello, like right now our church is really divided. So we need to ask ourselves why is it divided? How am I as a person bringing division? And what do mm-hmm. I need to do? Like, what do I need to repent for? Because it is a big issue right now. And we're mad at the world because it's so divided. But um, yeah, but why don't we look at the church? You know, yeah. why aren't we? Why are we more mad about the world being divided than the church being divided? Yo, and we are a hot mess. Right we're a hot now. mess. The a church hot... is spanking. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, people outside are like, what the, what the what? Yeah. And the saints are just acting up. I really, like, honestly, truly, I want to, I want to, like, disconnect some of the saints' Instagram. Like, I'd like to delete their Instagram and say, listen, go talk to Jesus and come back when you're ready. Then yeah. talk to us. <laughs> yes. No, I do. I then follow button is very... Oh, child, let me tell you about the unfollow button. Yes. Yes. And it's like, okay, so since I was raised in the church, I can decipher some of this. But like, Mm. but even as a Christian, seeing this divisiveness in the church. Yeah. um, And they're preaching one thing, but they're like, their hearts are nasty. Like some of their hearts are very nasty. Yes. And it's coming out on social media. And I'm like, why would I even want to, one, be a part of your church? Why would I want to even be a part of the global church when I'm seeing this? When aren't we supposed to promote love? Yes, we speak the truth, but we need to be speaking truth in love as well. And some of y'all, I mean, 
the church needs to repent. Repent. Yep. And um, do you think as believers, we operate in the cancel culture? Girl, yeah, we do. I I, le- I learned cancel culture from the church. Oh, oh. I did. Because, um, you oh. know, growing up in the church, I saw people being canceled all the time. They they were wearing a low-cut shirt. They canceled, you know. They listen to <laughs> secular music. You're canceled. Oh, my gosh. You- some of these musicians, like, they're not in the Christian a CCM now, but they decided to go secular. We cannot listen to them. They are canceled mm. and shunned from the church. So yeah, the church, um, I learned cancel culture from the church. Cancel culture is not of Jesus, but I learned it from the church and they continue to cancel. And the world yes. is operating in cancel culture right now. But I'm like, perhaps the world learned about cancel culture from the church. Child, you are speaking a whole entire word. How are we preaching about grace if we operate in the cancel culture? Yeah. And you know, one thing about it too is, and, and this is not as bashing the church. No, yeah. no, no, no. I no, love no. the church, but we Me need too. to we need, we to need to get it together. And be honest about things. Yes. Know? We need to have authentic, honest conversations and we need to learn how to love people that view things differently from us no matter what the issue is we need to celebrate people's voices a lot of people their voices get canceled when they don't agree with someone powerful yeah you know you get canceled so quickly yeah yeah i mean one of the people that i someone that i truly truly admire and i've admired him as a worship leader um, and even now is, is William Matthews, Yeah. but William Matthews was definitely canceled from the body of Christ. I feel like that's my opinion. And because he viewed things so differently and how, even, even in how he communicates with God, we cannot tell people how to, and I'm not saying this happened to him, but I'm just yeah. saying like how people communicate with God is how people communicate with God and how they hear God is how they hear God. We yeah. cannot be like, Oh, that's not of God. If Sometimes if you don't fit the structure of the church, you're canceled. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 If you're like, it's like, uh, how are you an actress or how are you a, a secular artist? How are you out there? How can you love God and be that too? You know? Yeah. It's like that, that doesn't work in the church, but we have to know that yes, it does. It definitely does exist. Some people are turned off by Christians because they shove their beliefs on them so much, you know? Yeah. It's so yeah. true. Um, what are your thoughts about church leaders being so open about their political stance? I don't like it. Um, mm. that, um, because they are shepherding such a diverse, um, not everybody thinks the same, um, mm. especially with politics. That's so diverse and people are very strong on why they are supporting a candidate, why they are, you know, one way or the other. And right. I'm seeing this now, um, where, pastors are trying to tell you how to vote because it is the only way and the righteous way and the only and I and I um I'm like as an adult I'm gonna make my own choices on how I vote and Mm -hmm. and I get why pastors are like hey you know especially with the right um with conservatives 
they're like, this is the only way, you know, because just, you know, the unborn, 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 but there's a lot of different views. And so, um, yeah, I just don't think it's appropriate when they're like, you need to vote this way. And this is yeah. the only way. And if you don't vote this way, then you are under demonic influence and then Child. you're going to go to hell. Mm. And since yeah. when, like, I don't know. Uh, most of the time I've been seeing some of these pastors who are so vocal about what, uh, how they are voting and telling people. I'm like, well, um, and it, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't have all the answers. This is just my opinion. Number one. Yeah. Also, I want people to be involved in politics and stuff, but it's one thing when you're like telling people they need to vote this way, you're going to go to hell. Like that's not okay with me. Um, yeah. But a lot of these pastors are funneling their money into these certain candidates. And, yeah. But I just know, I don't think they need to be telling us how we need to vote uh, or telling us who we need to vote for. And yeah. how, like if we, if we vote someone different, we're going to hell. I think everybody has their own convictions and they need to vote for what they feel is right. You it's know, right. it's yeah. right. And obviously yeah. let Jesus go, you know, in on your voting process, but I'm not, I will never tell someone to be like, you need to vote for a conservative or you need to vote for a liberal. That's not my, that's not my business. Like that's not, you, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it exactly. can be weird because they can, they partner with like, they can sometimes partner under a political spirit yeah. too, if we want to be super, super spiritual. And, um, and yeah, yep. so that's good for them if they are passionate about a politics, but I just don't think it's right that they, when they preach from their pulpit saying, you need to vote for this person, but I don't think that's right. Yeah. And I've okay. never thought that was right. Even when I yeah. was, ever since I was young. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. I think, you know, even nowadays, I mean, you just got to be careful getting into those topics too, because if you are a non-believer and you come on and then you have people um, shunning you down, maybe a lifestyle that you picked or belief system that you picked, whatever it is, you know, you turn them away and you make them feel judged. And yeah. I honestly never used to understand that, like why pastors were not very open about, um, politics and stuff in church i fully understand now why that is it causes more division than anything and there's so much exposure right now in the body of christ yes um there's so much exposure it is just it's ugly um i mean they can vote however they want to vote but they are exposing themselves. Yes. And it's and it's ugly. It is. Um, and they should repent for being nasty for people yeah. who have a different view than them. Like I um I think we think that everybody has to have the same view as us and yeah that's just not possible. That's not um, and we can not. learn from others and yeah. um you know, different views. It might not change my mind, but I'm, I'm still will listen to you and, and yeah, you know, absolutely. learn from you. Totally. Yeah. It, it's so messy. I almost feel like it's not even about like the American people anymore, you know, but who is in office and we have to be careful because we, we start to view that view this, um, you know, candidates as, as idols. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, in 2018, um, I remember I was, I was house sitting for some family, for family friends. And, um, 
I was in California, living in California at that time. I was playing the piano and whatever. And I remember um, as I was playing, I just had this uh, quick vision and of all these idols falling down. And, um, mm. and I just knew like that's the season that we're walking into is idols falling mm. down. And idols, anything that, you know, we put above God. So yeah, be anything, but right now in the church specifically, the idols and the idols in the church are um, that we are seeing. I should say in the evangelical church because I'm in evangelical spaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm seeing like making. I wrote this on my Instagram. Y'all can see like we need to be repenting for making our political party an idol. We mm. need to repent for making our president an idol. Mm. Um, like patriotism, nationalism. It's okay to love our country. It's okay to like you know, you like your president or you like so-and-so, whatever. But making it an idol is bad and we need to repent. Like the church, yep. we want to see unity um, in the church, kind of like what we were talking before. Like there needs to be repentance. Yep. We need to address these things and then repent. Like yep. we're seeing Christian celebrity, like Christian celebrities, that is not of Jesus. Like repent yep. for that. We've been, there's, we're idol worshiping in the church right now and we're being seduced by it and we're making it pretty names. And I'm like, Nope, it's idol worship. Yeah. Call it, call it as it is. is. Yep. Stop dressing with the pretty names. Stop calling it pretty names. You're idol worshiping and you need to like sit with yourself. And I always been telling people like sit with Jesus and ask him, what have you made an idol and repent for that? There doesn't need to be any shame. Just do it. Just do it. Period. Period. And you know, I, let me just say this. I cannot stand when people use God's name, you know, and say da-da-da-da-da because it's of God. Stop. We all have a relationship with God. I can be a freaking liberal. And and I hear clearly from God. And I have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. You know? Nowadays, it's like, if you are a liberal, you... Are you even, do you even love God? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can agree with the Republican um, stance on certain things, you know, values and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, But I don't agree with everything, you know? Yeah. And even with the Democrat side, too. Like, there's certain things that I'm like, uh-uh, that don't line up with my value. That is not God-given values. That is not for me. And and still love Jesus and be like exactly I stand here yes I do and but nowadays it's like it's that that's the difficult part like you can't stand with one party because of both you know both how they operate Um, there yeah there's corruption on both sides of it and I think when we're so tied to our political party and we're like oh we're we're right or we're right or you're wrong you're wrong some of us are so deeply, creepily tied to yeah. our party. Like, we're so loyal that we forget, especially as Christ followers and seeing this, we forget there's another way. Like, yeah. we have to be operating from the kingdom. Like, there is a third way. There, you yeah. know, kingdom. Yeah. And kingdom. so, no party is perfect. And um, there's corruption on both sides, whether we yep. like to admit it or not. There's issues with both sides. Yeah. Um, and so, that's why I. you just need to sit with Jesus and be like, yep. okay, what lines up with you and vote that way? Exactly. Whether it looks like you're voting for a liberal or a conservative, but there is, I mean, 
I just, it's yep. weird to me when people are so, I've never seen it. Like 2020 has brought up so many things. I'm like, I've never seen somebody so um, ingrained and yeah. so deeply and weirdly loyal yeah. to a political party. It's not normal. It's um, not normal. And, and, and you run people over too. You know, yeah. and you don't show them the love of Jesus. It's not normal. Yeah, and I'm not saying you can't vote conservative or you can't vote liberal. I'm just saying if you are so deeply ingrained in your party and it's become an idol, repent, sit with Jesus and repent. Yeah. Period. That's all you need to do. Period. <laughs> no, it's so yeah. true. It's people are so loyal that they aren't showing the love of Jesus. I mean, and that's both sides. They like, forget. Yeah, they forget. Yeah. Like, there's that piece where like, hey, let's just put love on and um, yeah. and show people love even if you don't agree. There's friends I absolutely do not agree with. I'm like, totally. your ideologies, I don't, nothing, honey, I don't agree. But you know what? I, I can find other things. So then we're going to talk about other things regardless. Yeah. Um, politics, regardless. but I still love them and value them as a person. Totally. And want to have connection with them. Yeah. Because yeah. that's more important to me than like, um, than, oh my gosh, like you are believing so different than me and you're on, we're mm. on opposite sides of the party. And I feel like, like, if we're not careful, we will be an accuser too. And we yeah. need to sit with ourselves and check. Like I, I am sitting with Jesus and with myself and be like, where have I been accusing? And honestly, mm. it goes back to the repentance. Just repent. Mm. And maybe apologize so and like humble yourselves too. That'd be really sweet, you know? That's so good. That's so good. I um I think that's one thing that I've learned this year was listening. <laughs> yes. I've um set with people that believe so differently for me and and um their thought process and even in how they vote you know yeah so differently but i value them as people and i i i actually have told some friends who believe differently from me to stop sending me text messages about what they believe. Yes. Stop sending me articles. Don't tag me on nothing because I'm not going to read no five paragraphs. I don't have time. <laughs> um, but if you, you know, I heard a quote the other day. Um, my pastor actually posted on, on Instagram. He said, when we stop listening to find a point of argument, we get understanding. People in general have missed this. I'm going to say this again. When we mm. stop listening to find a point of argument, we get understanding, you know? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm just going to talk about real quick about um, um, the racial injustice yes. that, that took place here this year. I mean, it's been going on forever. Yeah. Yes. Er everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's been going on for a long time. But this year specifically, it's been a year of exposure, right? Yes. And, um, I, and I always say this to, to my white friends, you know, when someone says something about their experience, don't tell them that their experience is not valid by trying to point out someone else's experience. Like you need to listen, you need to listen to their experience, even if you feel like it's wrong. Yeah. And, and, and it goes same way too for, for us as, as, um, as colored people too, you know, like with this whole white privilege thing that exists in some ways and yeah. not all, and not all white people are privileged, you know? And if we stop looking at people 
and just assuming that they are this way because of the color of their skin or because of their views in life, we miss it because we're not listening to the real issues, you know, to their to their heart. We're not listening to their cries and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think with all of this happening, America, it feels like a, a classroom of... You know, we both work with kids. Yeah. It feels like a classroom full of first graders who are all talking, screaming, throwing a tantrum, and no one's listening. Yes. That's so good. You know? Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot this year just with everything that is happening um, racially. And, you know, I, I've experienced racism ever since I was a young girl. And... Yeah. It's so interesting because now just everything that happened here in Minneapolis and, um, you know, it's just, it's very interesting. I'm adopted from Haiti. So Mm. I was telling some friends, I might've told you this, Mariani, but like a lot of times in these conversations, adopted kids get left out of it. Mm. And it's only a certain, like we have, I have a different perspective than um, somebody who has black parents mm. uh, because I have white parents mm. um, and so it's just interesting to me you know where um, when everything happened in May starting in May with George Floyd and a couple weeks later I went on Facebook and I, I felt like I needed to just share how I'm doing yeah um, and you know I was urging my friends my white friends like hey, like, stop and listen to the pain that um, people are going through. Because people are just posting. I think in our culture right now, we like to talk so much, but we don't listen. And Mm -hmm. so um, to people's experiences and we gaslight them and shut them down. And I was just seeing all this uh, scrolling through my Facebook one day and people just saying really insensitive things. And I'm like, listen, I'm coming on. Like some of y'all just need to sit and listen and this is not made up this is not a political agenda it's so weird yeah. when people say that because i'm like ever experienced this my whole life um <laughs> you know like excuse me but um but, yeah um they're like listen and listen mm. to why i am pained and hurt and yes. no other form would i like like i see at least I don't know if this is your experience with mine. A lot of times when I'm trying to share my pain with a friend, they will try to, um, they will try to be like, "Well, it did, they probably didn't mean it this way." Dismiss oh. or gaslight. Oh, well, what if you were walking through something very, very hard, and I just gaslight you? Be like, "Oh, well, get over it." Like, yeah, they didn't mean it's- it. Mm. we don't like to be uncomfortable and so with our, and having these conversations are very uncomfortable and we need to learn to care for people's hearts like at, that is not um, your time yeah. to come in and gaslight just sit with me in my pain and I realized with this um, I don't have a lot of people in my life who will sit and listen to my pain mm. without them trying to pacify I'm not asking people to pacify my pain I'm not asking people to share their opinion when I'm sharing what it's like for me and yes. growing up and black in this country because when I walk that, out that door it doesn't matter if I have white parents it doesn't mm. you know they're, they're not going to come and save me so um yeah so yeah I've realized um I have a select few um, there's people like we want to listen and learn, but I think 
they thought maybe it was a trend because now what is it like eight months six eight months later I'm really bad at math right now but we're not seeing necessarily that support and Mm. um there's times where I'm in a lot of pain Mm. and racially um just growing up and I can get really triggered very easily um just I'll take breaks from social media but um where I'm like who who am I gonna call like I don't have I'm not calling you know yeah I'm not reaching out to my white friends because I don't want to be dismissed I I want to talk to people who are experiencing it but um I don't know I think we need to learn to be better and listening with pain but on the flip side like talking to some of my white friends and um I remember one of my white friends was saying like, hey, we're like scared to speak up because we don't want to say the wrong thing. So they're they're dealing with fear too that I'm like, I didn't even realize that as a black person, how they're yeah. dealing with fear. And so for me, like humbling myself and listening to them as well, like we're afraid to speak up. But yeah, something you yeah. said earlier about people like sending you text messages and articles. I'm like, stop, stop sending me articles and text messages about what one black person is saying like not all black people too are the same yeah every yep. like no white person's the same no so no black person is the same and we have different views and experiences and some of us you know might be working through them and some of us might be oblivious or i don't know everybody's yeah. different and um and i just yeah. want to say like i love being black and yeah. um i am victorious um and because I've had people like, well, you're, you're being oppressed and blah, you know, a lot of my white friends are like, you know, well, you need to just stop acting like you're being oppressed. I said, listen, I am walking in victory. I'm victorious. And, yes. but that, but <clears throat> there is a problem in our country and I'm calling it out Yeah, and I will work and I want to see this like rear its head, you know? So, yeah. No, that's so good. That's so good. There's nothing worse when you say, well, this is my experience. And then they bring up a different experience. Uh, like, oh, well, it has shown that in media that da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's like, stop. Yes. I'm telling you my, where I stand. And this is, I think, in 2020, this is one thing that I am currently walking through now. Yeah. You know, um, it's the being in two places where you can fully celebrate and be hopeful and also being being in a place where you're grieving yes because of things that didn't happen things that happened and we're, we're hopeful for our nation but we're also like scared what's gonna happen what will this look like now that everything is out in the open yeah how are we going to handle this how is our leaders how are the leaders are gonna handle this and we and right now and i i'm so like i even hate to say this i thankful that i have a relationship with god because i cannot bet on these leaders to uh for support you know what i mean like if you are putting your hopes and you're betting on all these prophetic words and all of these people to to steer you the right direction you have to find it for yourself you know so it's been very interesting being in a place where you're like I'm hopeful but I'm also grieving at the same time I'm feeling all of this sad 
news about how black people have been killed and how there's injustice here. But I'm also hopeful that people are aware of these situations. And uh, for me, I feel like a lot of my friends, they were really clueless. A lot of my white friends, they were completely clueless of what was happening, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm also very mindful of their process too. This is the world that they live in. They were taught, you know, either to, oh, I I can't even speak on that because of blah, blah, this and this. And I I can't even imagine. And I actually had someone once said, um, well, let's just move forward. Yes, let's all move forward. But also you need to recognize the pain. Yes. You know, that's so good. Yeah. And, you know, you and I, obviously, if we were out and about, they would identify us as black girls because of the color of our skin. And our experiences are are, are very, very different, you know? Yes. And and you and I, even like my my best friend's white and she's a Republican. (laughs) And we have very different views, very different views, but I've learned so much from her because we can sit and we can talk in love because she hasn't always been a Republican you know we can sit and we can talk and at the end of the day at the end of the day I feel like people only vote for policies that work for them and I have to completely respect that you know yeah how I fight for certain things in my life and I want things to you know to happen and other people don't view it the same way and it's okay we can live in that world we need to create that space of okay you think differently but I'm gonna love you regardless you know I'm not going to categorize you like oh you're one of them because you vote differently for me or you and I view different things you know differently so it's definitely um, so interesting, but I, I want to talk about this last thing real quick. I want to hop. Yes. On, I want to hop onto this, you know, idols convo again. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some influential people real quick. Um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Okay, Carl Lenz. Carl Lenz. Yeah. Just to kind of um, um, give a little history of this. So uh, last week. They ha- was it last week or maybe two weeks ago? I can I think last week. It was right around. I think it was a couple of days after the election. Okay, so um, last a couple week, weeks yeah. ago. So they had released Hill songs had released a statement saying that they were releasing him because of um, quote unquote moral whatever issues, <laughs> and but Carl Lentz, um released a statement and said that he was um, stepping down as well because he um, he had an affair and um, he was fired he was fired okay he was fired um, because of that what are your thoughts about that because you know we're talking about idols and all that stuff and and Carl Lentz who I I he's one of my favorite speakers and I'll say not only speakers but probably very a very powerful leader as well um, I love what he stands for. You know, he's probably one of the white pastors <laughs> that, you know, was for Black Lives Matter and was very vocal about it. Um, yeah. And that was very rare because not a lot of them spoke out. You know, they didn't say anything. 
And so, um, they didn't want to lose their church time. <laughs> they're not trying to lose their coins. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts about this? I am sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's painful to see that again. I'm not, um, you know, yeah, I'm very sad about it because mm-hmm. I'm sad for him, but I'm very, 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 very sad for his wife and for his children. And I've been praying for them because I've been thinking like, they have to walk this out in a public way yep. that nobody will. Yep. I think, you know, people who are connected to him. Um, I have friends who went to their church. I have friends who are friends with him and connected to that and how their, their worlds are getting shattered because of a man's decision. And, um, you know, I'm not in that place of shepherding a church and leading, but I think, um, there needs to be change. I, you see this so many times in evangelical circles. It's like, Oh, and they, the cause is, is that they're not like Carl had said this too, but I haven't seen this so much in evangelical circles of like, we just, we're we're giving out of a dry place Mm. and we just give and give and get, and we're not getting filled up. Mm. And and when you're in those places, when you're operating out of a dry place, out of burnout, yep. um, number one, tell somebody, but then take a couple months off and get filled up and assess. And so these things aren't happening because we're what is happening now is we're preaching things from the pulpit and but we're like one person on pulpit, but then our private lives can be completely different. Mm. And that's not being integrous. Yeah. Is that the right word? Integrous? Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. And, <laughs> and it's not consistent. I'm making up that word if it ain't a word. And, and I, I was raised in the assemblies of God and, um, in that denomination back in the day. Yeah. And, um, I just remember in college, I, my first year of college, I was doing this program and I was so burnt out from interning. Mm. And I was like, I don't have anything left to get. I was at such a burnout yeah. where I was like, I cannot get myself again. And I, I see this with pastors. We're getting so burnt out because we're so reliant on our pastors yeah. to miss the word, which number one, you should be reliant on Jesus. Period. Um, and getting filled up. But like pastors are operating out of not all of them are a lot of them are operating out of burnout and like yes we actually like if this is anything we need to pray for our pastors and that they get filled up but um but also like we i think there needs to be a change of like so this kind of stuff doesn't happen again you know it's devastating not only towards him like he apologized you know or he publicly blocked you know, came up, told this because it got brought to light, but like, I don't, and I'm not, I don't know the behind the scenes. I don't know the process of that, mm. but I, I am so, um, sad for his wife and for his kids and his congregation because that's confusing. And so often we're like, Oh, praying for you, praying for you, which is good. Like, yes, pray for him. But, and we're like, you're going to get through this in grace, but what about the people who were affected by his disease? Yeah. What about his congregation? Totally. How are we going to pastor them through now? How are we going to get them help and care? What about the woman, you know, he was with for, that just recently ended the relationship. Like, how can we pray for her? That must be confusing to her too. So yeah. it's not just what we're seeing with the pastor. Like, 
we need to pray for the congregation and his yeah. family yeah. because I can't imagine walking through something like that is devastating. And my heart does it really truly does go out to his family and um yeah. and to the church and the kids yeah. for sure. That's so true. I mean I <laughs> I actually was having this conversation with God the other day. I was praying and I was telling God um, please do not give me a platform if I cannot, if I don't have people around me that I'm accountable to. And there's a price to pay, you know, when yeah. you have this type of platform, there is a price to pay. And I, it made me really appreciate my pastors even more because yes. they literally be taking vacations. They take breaks. They have their staff members do their work. They have, and I used to be like, they just need to come back on. They run like two campuses, you know, in Denver and LA. They need to just be in one place and they both go wherever one goes, you know? And I get it now, like marriage is sacred, you know? And you have to protect it. And, And then it's hard, like you said, it's hard processing pain by yourself, walking and working through life. And then to have, you know, the type of platform that he has, that's a lot. That's why I'm like, that dry place is so dangerous. Yeah. And so we want to continue to be filling us up. And I think like admitting something is key. So like, um, you know, like when you're feeling burnt out, I will say this, like with conversations with Dakal, yeah. I quit because I was feeling burnt out in my personal mm. life. Um, I was working on a production and then I was just burnt out about a lot of things. I was walking through a lot and I was like, I have to quit this. Yeah. This is something I love, but I'm not operating out of a place of burnout. I remember someone said, I wish you would have still did it right. because then you can show us how you're walking through burnout. But I'm like, no. Yeah. Um, that's not healthy. And I think we don't realize how... Um, the importance of taking breaks and rest. It's hard for me sometimes to rest and sometimes I'll force it. I'm getting better. But like when you're operating at a a place of burnout, you're not any good to anybody. Like everybody's suffering and, and to admit it. So you're not doing life alone and to be like, yo, I'm burnt out. I haven't been feeling up. My relationship with God is like, I don't even know. I think the thing is like, I feel like sometimes leaders are like, we can't do this because everybody's expecting us to look a certain yep. way, do a certain way. But then when these types of things happen, it's like, oh, I can totally see why it happened yep. because you're not doing that. But then if, if this, we see this all the time in the church and it's like, then we perhaps need to sit down and change our model. Yes, of how we're doing church. yes, yes. And maybe bringing, asking Jesus how church is changing you know yeah. obviously with 2020 the pandemic but it is changing and and if we're gonna um if we're gonna continue to do the way things like if we're gonna continue to do church the same way that we've always done it yeah. then we're missing it because god is doing something so new yeah. and i think some of the newness is like having pastors rest and I want integrity back in the church yeah. with our leaders. I want honesty back in our church yeah. in our churches. I want, I'm so sick of like fake and just this fakeness. Yeah. 
I want the real thing. I want Jesus to come back in church. And some of you guys who are like, what? Who are not church people? Like, I'll tell you, like, <laughs> Jesus is not, I will go to churches and be like, where is mm-hmm. he? I don't find him because of everybody's own agenda. Yeah. Like, heaven forbid, we can't even let Jesus come mess up our worship time because we'll forget. Yep. Like, people won't be listening to our shallow messages. Yep. Like, how about let's not have shallow messages and let's get to, like, the heart of what um people want is is people want jesus they're like coming into your church because they obviously want him and then when we're not giving him giving them jesus we're doing um a disservice but yeah yeah we need integrity back in our church and i think you know it goes back to the christian celebrity like everybody is fighting their own battles so no matter how instagram looks like no one's perfect but like i was we were talking about this the other day of how um you know, people will be like, oh, I'm, I'm at a conference and I got to meet so-and-so. I'm not going to, like, say their names or whatever. Yeah. But, like, you know, those, like, quote-unquote Christian celebrities, right. which is so dumb, y'all. Like, no, that is not of Jesus. Um, and so, like, we got a picture. We met them. They're super great. Let me tag them on Instagram as if, they're, as if their identity comes in that picture. Yeah. Like, um, I've had friends be like, oh, we got to sit by, like, so-and-so at lunch okay cool like does that's cool that you got to meet him but like also um yeah does that make you feel better yeah. <laughs> are you a better person because of this like yeah I, I'm for I like I love meeting heroes and I you know I have I um can some I'm in spaces mm. where you know sometimes where people might know a person right. or whatever but like but if getting a picture, um, you gotta you gotta you. check your heart. You literally gotta check your then heart. There's yeah. there you need to um, see why that yep. is and um, yeah and know that like they are people too. They they have to pay their bills. They have to like go to the bathroom too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, more people might know them, but um, but if that makes you valuable, that if that would make like, you feel good. You know, if that's where yeah. you know your value, then you, there's a better place, and I can help you find your value. <laughs> I can lead you to a person that can help you find um, uh, your you value, your value, and identity. Well, you know, I think that's really important. I mean, you you touched on something key there: rest. You know, yeah. rest is so important, especially if you have a platform that is so that's impacting the whole world you need to rest you cannot run on fumes you cannot run on just likes and being popular and you know like I get it like people are go-getters and you and this this modern pastors let me tell you about this modern pastors they are business (laughs) people Yeah, you know, and yeah, and, and I love it. I love that they're in different. Yes, like you look at Bishop Jakes. He's a pastor. He's a movie he's producer, a producer. He's everything. I mean, everything. He's an author, but you have to have rest. You know, yeah, like you, you. I mean, I'm sure that's why Oprah stays successful as she is today because I'm sure yeah. that there are areas where she knows that she, I gotta rest. And, and yes. self-care is a thing. Just because you have millions of dollars in your bank account does not mean that you don't need rest. Yes. And, I have, and listen, yes. honey, Oprah needs her rest. She does. And I'm sure she gets it. Like, so this is so, that is so key. You got to rest. You can't operate from an empty place, not a place from out of fear or you're trying to keep up with culture. 
and yeah. and we got to remember that we are leading this thing and we have to yes. get our strength and our source from God and no one else yeah and i'll say sometimes rest and or so i should say self care it's like unfollowing people from instagram Child. because i don't think we are meant to have that much information mm. coming mm. at us all the time yeah um, it's not normal, y'all. It's just not yeah. normal. And that's a whole nother thing. But like unfollowing people, if they don't cause, if they don't, you know, if they don't give you peace, unfollow. Like I'm, Period. I'll unfollow people and some, I, I need to do, I need to unfollow more yeah. people um, because I'm like, <laughs> this is not normal. Yeah. And so self-care can be that. It's not always like giving, you know, yeah. self-care is not always like taking a bougie bath. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Sometimes self-care is drinking water. Like I'm trying to drink more water yeah. and I'm caring for myself by that. Yeah. Um, and I need to be better at yeah. that. <laughs> and just for your mental health, I'm, listen, I am the yeah. queen of unfollowing people. I, I am the queen of muting people's posts and stories. Child, if I don't care for you and what you do, you're not going to hear from me. Yes, and you don't announce it. Like, this is a thing, yeah. you know, like, especially on Facebook. That's why I'm not on Facebook much. But they're like, you know what? I'm about, if you can see this list, you made the cut. <laughs> like, I'm not, okay. Then that annoys me, so I'm going to just unfriend you. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need to be announcing our moves. We don't. You just need to do it. You got to take care of yourself mentally, especially this time. Mental, your mental space. Oh, I don't know. Yes. Like, yes. Like mental space, emotionally. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of crying. Like if you got to release, yes. you got to release. If you got to yes. celebrate and it's okay to be in two spaces at, at, at once, you know? Yes. It's okay. It's totally fine to be happy and celebrating and also grieving. And you have to honor all of those even before you and I got on this call and I asked you, can you give yeah. me a minute? I, yeah. I I try to clear my mind, especially when I'm about to do a podcast and prepare yep. myself. I hopped on Facebook and then I saw my friend's um, funeral live service. Mm. I bawled my eyes out. And I was also celebrating the fact that I'm going to have this conversation with you. And, and not only because it's a conversation with you, I think what we are talking about matters a yeah. lot especially right now it's it's a conversation that needs to be held it's okay to be where you're at and you don't have to yes. feel bad about anything like you don't have to feel bad about feeling this way or feel, if you feel a certain way that's how you feel you don't have to yeah. be, um you don't have to redirect your whole life because you feel like i'm not with the church or i'm not with these people you know i'm just like you know, even even this year alone for me, my perspective of you know, I used to always make fun of Donnie because Donnie, <laughs> I feel like Donnie and I have the same spirit of pettiness. You know, like Listen. the stuff that comes out of our mouth. I feel like him and I are kindred spirit in that way, and that's it, and that is it. She's talking about the president, Donnie. <laughs> oh, Donald Trump. <laughs> Some people are like, who's Donnie? Who's Donnie? Don Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald J. Donald J. Trump. And and I, you know, the other day I got checked. I was like, instead of you whining about it, why don't you pray for him? Because he is also human. Yeah. And as Christians, we are commanded to pray for our leaders. And I do. Yes. I might not have to agree with our leaders. Yes. But I pray, I pray for our leaders. I might not. I pray for my governor, yes. honey. I pray for the president. Yep. Um, yep. 
I pray for. I pray. I just. We have to. We have to. I. I'm praying for whatever how this election is turning out. Right now, it's President-elect Joe Biden. I'm pr- I do. I pray Me for too. him. I really he needs do. it. Um, he needs Vice it. Vice President-elect needs it too. Yes. Yes. I pray. I don't know. They don't know my name yet, but I pray. They don't know. Name. You better manifest that. My prayer list. You better say yes. <laughs> um, no, but it's true. It's very true. I... And this is the thing that I really got convicted with is you dehumanize these people. You dehumanize yeah. Donnie and you think he doesn't have feelings. He's a human, yeah. you know, and he he probably goes to bed crying sometimes because of how he gets bashed so much, you know. He's the most hated man on earth on right earth. now, I think. And part of me just feels like he, he, he Donnie does not care. Donnie is not losing sleep over <laughs> it. And I'm sure there are days he feels that way. Like, y'all, please. My edges are thriving. I'm okay. It's not a thing. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> and other days he feels it. You know what I mean? So I was, I've been praying for him. I've been praying for his family. I've been praying for his wife, for his kids. You know, and he got his whole entire family in the business. I said, child, the whole, they, they are in there. They are here to stay. I was like, the whole family. The whole, I was like, Donnie Jr. there too? Dang. Everybody. Everybody is there. Like, they didn't, probably didn't even want, some of them probably didn't even want to. And they're like, I don't care. Like, you, if out. you're Trump, you're in here. You are, you are secretary of something. <laughs> You know. They're like, no, Dad, I don't want to be in it. Like, I don't care. I just want to be a celebrity. Now they got bodyguards everywhere, the Secret Service following them for the rest of their lives. Listen, sometimes I, I literally joke, but I'm kind of serious. There's times where I'm like, I need a bodyguard. <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. Or if I'm like walking around the block and some weirdos like on my on my walks that I like doing and I the weirdest people will just come up oh. and I'm like, Why y'all come up? I don't know what you're doing. Why? Uh-uh, you. Back up. Well, we bless you though, honey, but you're too close. The weirdest, you know yeah. my stories. Like the weirdest things happen. I'm like, there's times I'm like, Jesus, just send me a bodyguard. I don't know who, where. I don't know if I'm wearing. Listen, Jesus, them. you need to send to Cal a husband. A S A P. I'm single and I'm ready. Send him. Let him know. I'm ready. Let him know. I'm ready. My husband can be my bodyguard. I'm here for it. All of it. I'm here. He can be more than my bodyguard, obviously, but like you bet. he can be my husband too. Let him know. Let him know. Oh my God, I love this combo. Thank you again. Yes, you're so welcome here, and I love you so much, girl. I love you too. Thank you so much for listening to Faith Eleanor podcast, and I will catch you next time. Bye. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Vey Eleanor podcast. I am Mariani, and I cannot believe that this is our last episode. And I also just want to thank you so much for um, tuning in this year and for your support, your feedbacks. I always, always appreciate it. And what a ride it has been with the pandemic and all. I have just really, really, truly appreciated your your support. And so today I have two guests who are very special to me. And this is actually a very special um, episode for me. 
I have two guests today. Um, I got Dan Vambula and Oseka Kimode. I'm just going to give a little intro about them. Um, I feel like they wear a lot of hats and I'm just going to highlight a few things about them. Uh, Dan Vambula, uh, he is a husband. He is an entrepreneur. He is a creative individual. He is a designer and he also owns his own clothing brand called Bula Boy and he is based out in Santa Rosa and my other guest his name is Ose Kaukimode. Ose is a father and a husband. Ose um, also owns his own production company called Cypher Juice. He is a producer. He is also a production manager and one of his latest projects that he worked on is called um, world's toughest race eco challenge and it was in fiji and osea is um based out in los angeles slash hollywood um welcome you guys yeah good thank to you be here. thank you so much for being here i um met osea officially last year in la along with his wife and his beautiful girls and then i met dan this year and it was just, you know, it was meant to be when you connected people that are on the same wavelength and we collectively came together to start something for our community. And uh, we started this group called Velomani, which is still in the works. Velomani is a Fijian word and it means love one another. Velomani is, is pretty, pretty special. It is a way of us to stay connected and not only to be in touch with our culture and roots, but also just creating a space and a place for our people, creating a, a, a whole different narrative, a healthy narrative. So I got to collaborate with Dan and Osea, and it also has been so refreshing and healing um, to hear their perspective and to also watch them do life and creating um, you know, a healthy narrative for the Ito case without even knowing, and they just aren't talking the talk, they're doers. And uh, this past couple months, I've also just been so encouraged and so empowered that um, it has led me to ask them to come on my podcast today. So I'm just going to ask you guys uh, questions about yourselves. Um, we'll go with Dan first. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, thank you, Marani. Uh, Taniela Vombula, uh, Fiji Islander. I'm from the island of uh, Lakemba, uh, from the village of Tubo. Uh, came here three years ago on a three weeks holiday. Uh, plans have changed and I've been here ever since, uh, enjoying California. Thank you. Nice. And uh, Osea? Hey, uh, Osea here, Kaukimode. Uh, I'm from Angalkarua, Matuku, and the Lawan group. Uh, it's the island where God lives. Um. And uh, <laughs> 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 this is where the most anointed people on earth come from. And uh, Again. <laughs> yeah, and I've been here since uh, 2004. Um in 2004 has been here since uh since then and uh moved uh, straight to la and uh been here ever since and uh, wow. now doing what i'm doing today that's so awesome um dan why is it so important for you to represent fiji in your designs with you know with bula boy yeah uh 
uh, one of the main things about my creativity in Bullet Boy was to be true to myself and to be authentic. I, I, I was venturing out into street clothing and street clothing is not uh, very much a Fijian thing. It, it's uh, part of American culture. So, and I, I grew up uh, loving hip hop and hip hop was uh, pretty much foreign in the neighborhood that I lived in. I, 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 I've always had access to uh, music and I've, I've just mm-hmm. so kind of fallen in love with hip hop and then music videos came in and just observing the clothing, like fashion and hip hop is a big thing, they always collide and I, I wanted to do something similar and still pay homage to my work. So, man, I can't, I can't talk about hip hop because hip hop is not my culture. So I, 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 I merged together my story in the Fijian calendar and the um, cuts, the street clothes of, uh, of uh, let's say, uh, Black America. So authenticity was a, a big part of my approach and so I came up with with that. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm selling to my people, to the Fijian community, and the only way they would be able to relate to that is to to see their own stories in in yeah. In yeah. yeah, that's so true. I mean, and I love it too because it's so Bula Boy is so worldwide. You know, um, I love that. Not only Fijians out here in the states, but you know, I always see you guys' page on Instagram, and you guys, you know, people buying it from New Zealand, Australia, you know, England, yeah. and so that's really cool to see. And we can identify ourselves too in um, your art. That's awesome. And this question goes for both of you guys as Fijian creators. What makes us stand out? Uh, well. <clears throat> I think I think every every culture is unique in its own way, and uh, Fijian culture is is unique in its own way because you know people might say we're a South Pacific Islander and also Polynesian, but majority of our island group is on the Melanesian side. Yeah. And then um, you know what's what's unique about us is is we. There has been a mixture and also a very strong grounding of our uh, native heritage, of where we come from, uh, where we derive from. Uh, our culture almost looks like uh, the African culture, uh, as some stories have been told in the past that we derive from Africa, and uh, and now we become the black Polynesians or the Melanesians out in the South Pacific. And that's what makes us uh, unique because nobody else is, is, is like yeah. who we are, you know, and um, culture wise, it's, it's so different in our own way. And, uh, you know, Fiji consists of 300 islands, 300 more islands and uh, yeah. 200 and something, you know, inhabited by people, villages. And, and that's so unique for people to just say, oh, Fiji's a small country. Mm-hmm. And yet you tell them, it's like, yeah, but, you know, there's 300 islands. And you say, yeah. how is a small country be a 300 island country? And that's more than islands in Hawaii. Hawaii is bigger than us, you know. And right. they, there's so many ways that we're so unique in the way we do things, our mannerisms, the way we look, 
um, the what we eat, you know, how we eat, how we interact mm. with each other. Uh, every culture can relate to it, but we have our own ways, and uh, other people have their own ways. And I think we're we're, we're unique uh, in our own way in the South Pacific, specifically. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, Dan. Yeah, I mean, just to add on to Osea, man. Uh, just from my experience and my observation, I've, I've, I've traveled a few, and every every story that I hear about where we are involved, whether it be uh, in the military, serving in Sinai, or peacekeeping in the UN, in sports, in um, in the in hospitals, or in every part of the world that I travel to, one thing that really stands out uh, stands out. From the crowd when they when they talk about Fiji and the Fijians is the way the way we treat life the way we approach other people it's always on top of it it's this very friendly people very friendly people they always talk about that like our yeah. uh, Fijian yeah. hospitality is just it's yeah. just part of nature you don't have to be uh, taught about it like when you uh, get into the <laughs> hospitality industry or in the um, health uh, care uh, field like we blend in naturally just because of that aspect we are, we are very we are very outspoken very easygoing people it's easy for people to interact with us and us being involved in any areas that we go to we, we certainly do live in impact just by being who we are naturally but I, I've picked it up this, our way of life with different kind of people in that sense yeah, yeah, that's that's big. I'll, yeah. I'll add on to that. That's one of the biggest, biggest thing that you will interact with any person, any anybody from all around the world. If they say, "I've been to Fiji," I love Fijian people. The people is what makes us different and unique. Is how big our heart is. We have Absolutely. a big heart. We have a big yeah. loving heart, and we have a big serving heart. Absolutely. And uh, and that's what makes yeah. us. Uh, so unique, you know, and um, that's, you know, that's just, it's just something that was, whether you were born and raised in overseas, and yeah. if you're still in a Fijian mm. family, that is engraved in you. It's almost like your own DNA, in yeah. a way, to have a big heart for people yeah. and a heart to serve, you know, with that, yeah, with the mula yeah. smile is that's always so true. what they say. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, Osev, being raised in Fiji, then moving to a whole different country, and then being married to an American woman, and you're raising half Fijian and half American Mm -hmm. um, girls, what's that journey been like? And what has that taught you about yourself? Um, It... For, for me, it's it's definitely a huge culture shock uh, moving from Fiji to uh, to America. The first couple of weeks I was here, I wanted to go back home, just because you know we were so rooted back home and so dependent on family and community. And uh, to be able to come here and be by yourself was just so such a culture shock in a way uh, for me. And so. <clears throat> You know, and then as I grew, as, as I grew up more in age and maturity, and uh, I learned more, I, I start to learn how to be a man, uh, how to stand on my two feet and, and be independent. Uh, that was something that that I feel like a part of our culture uh, never really teaches us. Uh, 
And then when I came here, it's it's mm. a, it's being independent in Fiji is different than being independent here. Being independent here is completely, completely different. Absolutely. You know, and so uh, you can be independent in Fiji and still live with family. Over here, you're completely on your own. Yeah. When you say you're independent, yeah, you're independent on your mm. own. Um, and so, you know, yeah. I, I grew up and I became mature in the way I think, the way I talk and the way I perceive life. And having raised, you know, I raised two beautiful girls here in Los Angeles and in this culture, it's so different. And then I had to dig back into my childhood to see how I was brought up and how I need to raise my kids, you know, and, and that was a battle for me because culturally some of the things that kids do here, you know, we would get spanked back home yep. you know we would get spanked back home yeah. our neighbors would spank us and that would be okay but out here yeah. and i'm blessed to have a wife yeah. that continuously reminds me that i have to act a certain way according to how kids are here and really gets to dig into more of the emotional side of things compared to back at home yeah i feel like the emotion side of the kids gets pushed away you know, and and that that's the difference. Mm. Uh, raising kids back home, and uh, raising kids here, and I see how we were raised back home, and how I'm raising my kids. I had to like kind of take a step back and rethink some of the things I say or do or react mm. uh, three, four, five times before I even do it. You know, or react. And so, but I would mm. catch myself reacting in a certain way that I shouldn't be. You know, and then my wife would catch me, and that's, mm. you know, and that's that mm-hmm. still is a learning progress because, man, it's it's a root, you know, that needs to be uprooted in us, uh, mm. some of the bad roots, and so, and some of it is good, and we want to keep the roots down there. Some of it, we have to choose to uproot it, and yeah. you know, because yeah. once we uproot and we <laughs> we plant new roots. You know, you get, these are your fruits out here, your kids, they're going to bear the fruits of it, you know? And so I need to, I need to uh, be able to see both sides and it's, it's a challenge. It's, it takes patience. It takes, really takes a lot of maturity and a lot of uh, being, being humble as a male, as an alpha. And that's hard in the Fijian culture, you know? To be humble, to say, yeah, you know, to listen to your wife, to say, hey, this is not how it's done. As an alpha male back home, you get to tell your wife, like, you don't get to talk to me that way, or this is how yeah. children were raised, or yeah. how I was raised, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a huge learning process. And so, I, I think for a lot of male um, raising your kids mm-hmm. here, it's a big life lesson to be able to listen to your wife and not listen to your past you know and not listen to your past Mm. listen to your wife listen to your present and listen to the time and uh the true essence of who you are as a man is being humble you know and that the true essence of you being a husband Mm. is to be a humble man you know, and also being a father sure. is to be a humble man that's a good husband that listens, you know. And so, mm. yeah, so yeah, it is, it's a process. Wow, that's so good. 
that I mean you said just something so key right there like you know rolling with time yeah. as well you know and so you're creating this mm-hmm. space for your kids and I mean I just think of what their life is going to look like how different it's yep. going to be as well you know so com- completely different from right. one from how you were raised and how you had to adapt and how you raised them and how they're going to be you know and it's it's just being just honoring mm-hmm. time yeah. and being present yeah. that's Absolutely, that's yeah. amazing your kid's life is, is wow. not your life you know <laughs> mm. wait your kid's say life that is again not your life you don't try to live your life through your kid's life and so nope. you have to stop stop oh. yeah okay oh, dude <laughs> for real and i think that's that mm-hmm. is that is a struggle i think that you know a lot of us struggle with over here you know it's hard for you to move forward sometimes because you're having to take care of of yeah. what your parents want you to take care of you know and so um and there has to be mm-hmm. like you got to do your thing yeah. and you got to let your kids do their thing and that's i mean in our culture that's not yeah. a thing yeah <laughs> right like because we're we're so deep into yeah. community that that's not too much i'd say wow yeah yeah it's yeah. it's a separation the separation yeah. between culture so tradition and uh humanity you know <laughs> how important it is for us to learn about our culture like back home you know it's it's it comes second nature for them to know about the protocols how to do, you know yeah. how to present a yao and all that stuff and living in america that you know we have to take you have yeah, to be intentional yeah. about these things you know but growing up and you're doing life you don't really i mean you don't you're not really thinking of these things but back home because it's yeah. part of our culture mm-hmm. and it's part of their lifestyle you know it just comes natural for them and so you two are pretty knowledgeable about our culture and our tradition and protocols and all that and growing up in Fiji and as a Fijian man and all that you've learned and, and sure still learning about our culture how does that give you an advantage living in America and even in the line of work that you both do in your business and just in creating how do you have an advantage man for me personally just to just from my I never grew up with my my biological parents I grew up with my aunt and my uncle from my dad's side and they were very uh rooted in community uh in the church and uh in the economy as well my uncle raised me up with the references from the three legs uh three legged stool by Ratu Sukuna so as a man growing up you have to be involved in all these three your vanua which is pretty much your family and your culture uh the lotu which is pretty much your faith your founding foundations and matin pretty much which is uh where we live in uh, in this uh, current days i just just uh being a part of the economy you got to find always to be impactful in all three so for me the vanua was pretty a big part of my life as well culture and tradition uh, my my aunt played her role in her extended family my aunt has uh, a sibling amongst around 14 14 brothers and sisters of her own 
and her being the elder woman she she wasn't um she didn't really when she was still growing up in school my 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 they decided my grandparents and gra- my grandparents decided that she will not pursue with education she stay back home and then help out with my grandma's uh responsibility to take care of the family so everybody else the brothers they all this is from the village so they all went to school pursued for the studies in the main city in Suva and then like they went on with their lives and my but my mom my aunt Seru she played a big role in raising them and uh, pretty much became a mom she was eligible to get married so it's very rooted in culture traditions everything about those those areas she's well versed with it so she was a very wise woman her stretch my and they had a very loving relationship with my uncle and back then there's not much technology all this uh, gadget phones you know constantly reaching out to your your husband or your wife back then when my uncle left the house he left the house he went to work we all see each other back at home like they went their own ways they knew what what uh, responsibility they play they play fighting their wounds there's no drama no nothing they, it was a very loving environment and i see my aunt she would stretch the little money that she has that my uncle gave to her she'd stretch it out and she'd always put the family first so and she'd always weave mats and and this is what mm-hmm. and i've always teased her every 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 day i'd come back from school she'd always have I had a sweet tooth. She'd always have something sweet for me to have with tea, a cup of tea, and she'd be eating her mats after her day's responsibility. <laughs> I'd usually yeah. think that, nah, she was telling Mutali, Ma, you weave too much. And, and you know, um, son, mom doesn't work like everybody else, like dad and God. So this is, this is what, this is how I contribute to our function. So we and it never like a house was always full of fine mats and all this traditional um what you, what would you would you say uh belongings that we used to use in gatherings and stuff like that and we never lacked every gathering that we have with we have a little soli and chill always come with these big mats which always looks good when you're sitting down and the family comes with this big mat and stuff like that it looks good and this is was no way of contributing in my way and I was mm. just observing from the side so it, if coming here I did not play to uh, plan to come and stay this long I, like I said I came here for a few weeks holiday but having, coming up mm. growing up in that background living in so we were in the city in Mandera very traditional just that from the foundation from home I grew up a confident kid I, I felt like even though in our small runabout I felt like I will I have to say that anybody that comes make noise front or things like that I felt like I was a responsible kid and the man of the house when the elders are away I have address mm. issues amongst and like even when there's feeling and things like that I felt like I was wearing a traditional pants or when I see kids uh, walking uh, crossing our gardens and they started just 
uprooting cassava leaves, carrying away cassava leaves and things like that. I felt like I had, uh, I don't know, I felt like the responsibility. Hey, man, that's that's somebody's farm. You cannot do that. You want to come here? You better leave those things alone, or else I whoop you like a village elder. And I was a little kid, but I always had that. I felt <laughs> like I was, like, had a responsibility. I wasn't told. I wasn't taught. But because my uncle and my aunt were very responsible, I, I felt like I had to take up to them as well. When they're away, I always felt like I had to step up as well on the plate. And it certainly played a role mm. with me over here. I felt like I I knew who I was. I mean, uh, America is certainly a culture shock for me compared to me. But I had to... And my my upbringing, my culture, my values, the way I was brought up, it made me firm in who I am. I'm not lost. Even though I'm here, I feel like I'm at home because I know who I am. I know my identity. And I approach America as if I am at home. Um, I deserve to be, to have access, to, to speak, to have a voice. I don't feel like I am a visitor over here, although I've only been here, I think, three, going on four years. I feel like mm. I still have that responsibility amongst the Fijian community. I still need to be involved in those three. We know a lot of Martin too. It's just at home, and those values just carries me forward. And I, I and confidence is a big thing, a big part of it. Knowing my identity. That's so rich. Yeah. That's so rich. Yeah. Yeah. I- one of the things, uh, being a Fijian, that gave me an advantage of living here in America was a sense of uh, self-respect, a sense of authenticity and self-respect. Because, um, you know, everywhere, working in the business that I work in, in the entertainment, in the film industry, uh, you see, you come across a lot of very disrespectful uh, people, you know, um, you know, people that are higher up uh, that talks to you in a certain way that wants to like that you just feel like the cannibalism in you just wants to come out, you know. And um, but but the biggest advantage was one is having a heart of a servant, uh, being being humble, yeah. and uh, and being able to be able to serve. Um, regardless, you know, and that was the biggest advantage uh, for me because uh, a lot of people uh, will try to, you know, they always say they sleep their way up to rise, they sleep with somebody or they do certain things that so they can get to a certain place in life, uh, higher ups in position, but um, that only goes so far. You know, after a couple of years, you see them. It's like, oh, what happened to that dude or that girl or that person? Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the authenticity of who you are, how you hold yourself, uh, self-respect, how you respect yeah. others, how you serve others—like you do things out of a kind heart—and and I feel like that's such a huge advantage mm-hmm. um, as me being a Fijian and. And upholding my authenticity of being a, uh, a rooted, very, um, you know, a culturally respecting person uh, that I respect other people's culture, mm. uh, how they hold their business. You know, that's 
if that's their way of thinking of their life as their tradition. This is my tradition. I wake up in the morning, I drink my coffee, don't talk to me. I respect that, you know? That kind of thing, you know, because a lot of people see things and yeah. traditions and culture in a different way. Yeah. And so you kind of have to adapt your time and see those kind yep. of things that people certain things that people put in front of them and idolize it you have to still kind of respect it even if they're muslim or different culture or whatever you still have to respect in their own way if you yeah, expect yeah. others to authentically respect you back you know and so i think that's a huge yeah. uh, advantage for me and so i continue to uh, adapt myself and uh, adjust myself as i grow in the industry and um you know it has taken me where i am today mm. uh really you know being being a humble person yeah. and uh, even you know even in my marriage uh, learning those things you know what's cultural for my mm. wife and stuff like that so, so yeah it's it's huge mm. and it's it's not a overnight so- thing to learn it's it's a it's a process you have to be yeah. super alert and be observant of your surrounding you know because mm. your surrounding is what influences you yeah and you have to you know and you have to know the type of surrounding that you're around whether you like it or not you have to choose to not it influence you mm. you know and so yeah. yeah that's so good that's that's so rich yeah uh also i mentioned something that just this uh and triggered something with me yeah like we mentioned uh people being disrespectful and that's a big thing as well yeah. in traditional the traditional Fijian culture economic practice means nothing yeah. like, mm. you know, people nowadays i see that a lot when people get good jobs or they become richer or yeah. titles they the attitude in life changes there people mm. goes away as well but the natural freedom culture and custom those things doesn't really matter if you're uh, a billionaire you still have your traditional role to to uh, position yourself into man in in Fijian culture uh, it's always uh, everywhere we get involved and it's always from a service perspective like I say was Mm. being serving is a natural thing that comes to us it's not a demeaning thing we do it proudly like we mm. people it goes back to that the Fijian hospitality yeah entitled uh how much you have in your bank account or what car you drive that has nothing to do with our way of life as, as yeah community yeah. you remain humble you don't you don't Uh, you don't make it rain publicly you always remain humble and be respectful of other people's struggles and those people around you you got to be mindful of those things mm-hmm. and be aware yeah that's so good and i mean and it just it yeah. goes back to just mm-hmm. knowing who you are right like knowing who you are knowing where you come from and knowing how you operate i mean you guys are in you guys are both in very competitive businesses you know like you're it's either but you're what makes you stand mm-hmm. out is your dna yeah. you know in your business and with asea being in you know in the entertainment industry um that's all you have is yeah. knowing who you are and knowing your identity and if you don't know that you start to compete mm-hmm. and you start to compare mm-hmm. 
And so yeah. that's just, I mean our so our culture and that's tradition so is almost like our life bible as a Fijian. If you don't if you don't yeah if you if you really take it on a deeper level uh when you live outside of Fiji yeah uh and then you look back at mm. how am I supposed to be as a Fijian. Your tradition and culture is your bible of being a mm. Fijian. You know, and 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 you know, the yeah. Bible is almost—it's almost like that. Like, who are you as a child of God? And it says everything in it in the Bible. Yeah. And then you look back: Who am I yeah. as a child of 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 a nation of Fiji or a Fijian, a a native? And yeah. you look at all of our tradition. Yeah. That's who you are. You know, as a, a, and that's how authentic yeah. it is, mm-hmm. and that's how we're so special in our own ways. You know, and all all other cultures is the same way that way. You yeah. know, and so we have to embrace things and articulate yeah. uh, little things like that, and pay attention, pay pay close attention to those kind of things, just so we don't we're not neglecting, you know, yeah, this and that, and pushing culture and tradition away, or pushing God and you know pushing everything away, and you're trying to recreate the wheel that's not even broken, you know, yeah, and so, yeah, that's so good, yeah, that's so good. Um, in our culture, do you think Fijian women are fully no. celebrated? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I'll say one hundred. Speak on no. it. <laughs> uh, there's still a sense yeah. of belittling, mm-hmm. a sense of disrespect in a woman, uh, especially when it comes to uh, tradition, and then you mix tradition into uh, religion. You know, and um, yeah, Oof. and so there's a sense of respect and and holding yourself as a woman in your culture and tradition, and there's a sense of holding yourself as yeah. a wife in a religious family. You know, and then um, yeah, mm. it's 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 different because we don't do things the way they do back in the day when there was cannibalism back in Fiji. You know, I I've. Yeah. I yeah. haven't. There were like three, four wives per chief, or something like that, you know. And now we have in our tradition, mm-hmm. we imp- we we have Christianity that has been um, that has been poured into our culture and and tradition, and everything that we do, we give it unto God, and we we uh, we pray to God before we eat. We do things unto God, and so. When we bring religion into it, it kind of contradicts itself when you look at the bigger picture and you sit back and you say, okay, a man and a woman is supposed to be one. Traditionally, culturally, they do different things in a certain way. It doesn't mean disrespect comes into play. You know what I mean? And so um, how can a man at a lower status in a Fijian culture respect an Andi? At a certain level, when she still yeah. is a woman, mm. and is she still a female, and she still, and now she became the alpha female, so there still is a, a distorted mm. view of things, in a sense uh, that we're still trying to learn how we can balance things out, how we can do that, and um, yeah, and I think there still is very little, 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 little respect. In uh, in women in our culture in our tradition uh, in our nation in general, even it doesn't even just go for mm. just Fijian women. 
you know, native wise. I'm talking yeah. about the Indian women's, the the Rotuman women's, the mm. everybody that were born and raised yeah. in Fiji as a female in Fiji. Yeah. There's an atmosphere and a stronghold of some kind that holds women down or belittle women or look down upon women. And uh, mm. and I think we're missing that in a family. And then um, that's the mm. huge blessing in the family that we're missing out. And people ask why we're not being blessed. Well, I think this women represents a source of life. They give life. They give babies. They give they supply, you know what I mean? But the answer yeah. is no. There's no respect. Yeah. There. That's so uh, which I think can still be yeah. mended, can still be healed, and can still be uh, put in its place, mm. in a rightful place. You know, when we listen as a man. It doesn't belittle us. It not, does not make us less of a man if you listen to your wife. It does not make you less yep. of a man or a mm. human being or a husband when you agree with your wife. Yeah. When you say sorry, it mm. does not make you less of a man. Being a man and a male is a matter of birth. Yeah. You know, you're chosen and called to be a male and a man. You know, but... You know, your wife is there to complete you. You know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Last month, I reached out to you two, telling you guys how you've impacted my life. Working with you two this past couple of months, I watched closely how you two stepped up and saw a need, and you both didn't shrink back. And you both are just honestly, you're changing the narratives. But Dan and Osea, you honor your wives and. And that was the first thing I saw. Ose is also an incredible dad. And there's so many, there's also so many incredible mm-hmm. Fijian men in our community. And um, I shared with you too that my personal perspective of Fijian men was so negative. And, uh, negative. and I, of course, you know, had to go through my own healing and I was able to recognize dope <laughs> men. And I was also able to recognize mm-hmm. incredible Fijian men. And as a Fijian man, and I want to hear both of your answers. As a Fijian man, what do you think is the most important role that you play? Man, uh, I'd say it comes down to leadership. It comes down to be an example. Like uh, Ose was saying, listening to your wife, having to hear your wife's opinion doesn't make you less of a man. He actually strengthens yeah. your studies as a man comes down to a listening leadership pretty much democracy is in place when you listen to the people you serve and you can serve them better mm. if you want to love your wives better then listening would have to take place as well otherwise it's just dictatorship yeah um, yeah that's pretty much it being an example living uh, by example mm. Being the one in the front line, being of service, so how you treat your wife, mm. how you treat others that you socialize with, how you take part with community, the uh, vanilla as well. Uh, for me, for example, man, I can guarantee you my marriage is not a happy ending. It's not a perfect marriage, but I. I try to um, be a better man by trying to hear out my wife as well. 
and very like my OCA feeling in traditionally I don't have a say belong in the kitchen belong in the laundry room the kids whatever the man says it goes but uh, I didn't grow up observing that but I've, uh, from my from my uh, my uncle and aunt uh, it's just I, I they pretty much set examples for me mm-hmm. uh, that I need to chase after so and they pretty much uh, without having to tell me they pretty much uh, demanded me to to pretty much imitate them in every way for my uncle right? yeah is right. uh thinking more like well you two were talking just mm-hmm. thinking about man he was a very very wise man in the way he does things never had seen them fight with, with the little that they made it was a very loving environment mm-hmm. right? even though I was a nephew I never felt like I was a, a nephew I felt like a son with the way they treated me the authority that they gave me as a son when my uncle went to the islands to do work I felt like I was a uh, man in charge so it's, it's the same kind of loving environment that I want to bring to my own family as well with my wife having to uh, hear her opinions as well the pretty much I mean it's not only a uh, she's not a servant she's pretty much your partner in life she's but to there's a there's a quote if you wanna uh, rise fast you can do it alone but if you wanna uh, run a long distance you can if you want to last longer get yourself a partner mm. for me being an example is a big important thing and having to hear her voice as well uh, support her dreams her goals you know what she wants to do in life as well she's just not there to have a baby for me and for me to live my dreams she's, a, she's an individual as well yeah humanity comes into place as well uh, pushing aside tradition she's not a servant so having to being about loving I'm hopefully loving my wife the right mm. way is my way of uh, an example to everybody um, serving in the community just being yeah. of service that's so good yeah. I think I think that's for, so for me the most important role that I play as a as a man as a Fijian man is um, one is being uh, and this is for a lot of men that has uh, children right uh, to play there's there's a lot of roles that you need to play as a Fijian man one is being rooted in culture and, and tradition and know who you are and then two yeah. is know who you are in your relationship with uh, whatever religion you believe in you know uh, whether it's if it's God or anything. for me it's like it's always been like I know I'm a Fijian I know I'm a child of God and uh, and another role is I have to play I have to be the kind of husband that my daughters want to marry I have to be I have to be the kind of husband that um, an example of a, a husband the way I treat my women you know my uh, my girls a husband and a, and a father the way I treat them 
is me being an example to a lot of men that are out there, my niece and nephews, and men that are single in the in the society that I'm in, the the place and the and the organization that I'm surrounding myself with, and also being um, a husband that um, that I'm you know uh, uh, the husband that a Fijian man and a Fijian man is supposed to be. You know, because a lot of people have a different picture of a Fijian husband. You know, and I think a Fijian godly man rooted in his culture and tradition is what the role that I want to uh, play. You know, for my children and for my wife yeah. and for my my sisters, my cousins, my brothers out there to become to be a, a role model and be. This is how you treat your wife. This is how you talk to your wife. This is how your children is going to look up to you to look for a man that's just like my dad, you know? And so those are the roles that mm. are so important in the Fijian, uh, as a Fijian to continue to play in our community, you know, and, uh, it's needed. And, mm. you know, we, we see a lot of fatherlessness, you know, fatherless, uh, families out there and, uh, people that have been brought yeah. up, by fathers that are abusive, verbally, um, you know, physically. Mm -hmm. And so when we grow up, we want to change the narrative to see things the better light in a better light, you know? <clears throat> and so, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of roles. Um, you know, I feel like I, I need to, I have to continue to play that role of what I've been called to do according to what I believe in as a, as a child yeah. of God. Yeah. So. yeah that's so good I mean I mean like I, I was telling you guys for me it was so refreshing to see that you know I remember one of our meetings in LA mm -hmm. um, with our other friends and everyone is married and I remember in our conversation in that, in that meeting everybody mm -hmm. acknowledged their wife you know and to me that was just such a huge you know a huge thing even with with talking with dan whenever we mm -hmm. have meetings you guys honor your wives and you acknowledge them and not like a i mean literally right. like a life partner you know and i think in our culture mm -hmm. you know, as from what i've seen over the years I mean, my, I had to fix my lenses as well. And I think just being around you too and having just simple mm -hmm. things, it's like having our Zoom meetings, you know, I would hang up the phone with you guys and I would literally have a crying session <laughs> just because I was like, whoa, um, Fijian healthy men do exist. And they also mm -hmm. need to be acknowledged, you know, because there's so many hurt and there's so many Fijian men that have not been healed from their traumas or just their outlook yeah. on what leadership looks like um, are out here hurting themselves and are out here hurting their families yeah. and their wives and their kids you know and to have this fresh uh, fresh perspective was just honestly so healing and this gives me so much hope um, that we, the narratives is yeah. starting to change as well you know and maybe it has been changing i sometimes our lenses once it you know heals and clears up you begin to see the good and 
you know, what's mm-hmm. there and what's already established, you know? And so this has just been honestly so refreshing and I'm so honored, like even you two as my brothers and friends that you guys, this is how you guys mm-hmm. are really are, how you live your lives. And so um, it's just, it's so refreshing. Um, let's talk marriage real quick. How do you, and I both answer this, please. How do you stay, how do you stay intentional and how do you stay present with your life partners? Intentional and present. Uh, you have to be intentional yeah. and you have to be present in everything you do. It's work. It's work. It's as, it's, it's, uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, you have to be t- intentional mm. and you have to be present uh, thinking about every little moment that you get yeah. to spend with each other you know you have to intentionally like being intentional is almost like you have to continue to practice because there's always distraction you always have to be okay let me try to be intentional mm. let me try to be intentional. yeah so it's like practice practice yeah. practice to pay attention practice to listen be intentional you know, mm. in your listening and the yeah. way you conversate, don't derive from the conversation and go, yeah. you know, off the wall. Uh, don't react. Continue to be intentional yeah. about that. And in the midst of that, be yeah. present and be authentically yeah. present. Meaning you sit there and you wait mm. and you be patient. And uh, my answer to all that, you for, for me, to my wife, and to my children, I have to be the eyes and ears and the mouth for God. When they're talking to me, God is listening. When I'm talking to them, I'm speaking to them. I have to speak to them as a godly man, as God speaks to me. I have to be wise. I have to be intentionally intentional about what I say, you know. And so, um, mm. so you just have to be. That's that's the way I see it. Uh, you you see things as, you know, one one of the biggest thing was uh, there was a conversation. I think I told you guys this story when my wife was always talking about her health, and when she was talking about yes. her health, and it was this continuous thing. And this religious mindset comes up in my mind and say, man, if you keep confessing it, it will become real. Okay. And then I told her one day, I was like, babe, I don't want you to talk about your health anymore. You know, uh, I'm kind of tired of it. Mm. And then, and that really brought Mm. a lot of hurt to her. Instead of me trying to be (laughs) the Mm. leader to listen, to listen first, to lead in everything. um, You know, I intentionally hurt her because I was being selfish because I didn't want to hear it Mm. anymore for myself. You know, I didn't think of her. So it was selfish. And so Mm. I woke up one day and then God rebuked me and told me if I never want to hear anything from you, you know, from your mouth again, how would you feel? Be my ears and be my mouth. Mm. When people talk to you, I'm listening through you. You know, and so when you talk to them, I'll speak through you. And so that changed my perspective in my marriage. Wow. I had to intentionally sit there and say to myself, I'm going to listen because God is listening. I'm going to sit because God is sitting. Mm. I'm going to be patient because God is patient with me, with me, with me. 
he's listening to me he's, you know and we're so God. selfish to even want to just think yeah you know i don't want to sit with you and if, even if god says that to you i don't want to die for the cross for your sin you know how would you feel yeah <laughs> you know what i mean so to me it's exactly. it's being intentional of who god is in your life in front of your wife yeah you know? that is so good man i owe i owe my wife a lot i owe my wife a lot uh just for creating the environment <laughs> that she create and to allow me to be myself to be able to spread my wings to be able to be creative and just to have a space where i'm confident enough to fly and i owe my wife a lot and i also admit i don't always make it easy for her and i i i always admit i'm a difficult person to live with i am demanding but just being intentional the only thing that comes to me is accountability uh, being accountable accountable about your actions and your word being able to say sorry being able to look eye to eye and hear each other out and uh, for me marriage has nothing to do with the ring that is on my finger marriage is a choice that i make Every morning I choose to love my wife regardless of the uh the noise that is in between. I constantly remind her man I can't I I am here for life regardless of the of the hurricanes that we go through in between. I admit to her you're my life partner man that is no better match for me than you. I admit that I'm not always perfect. I am grumpy most of the time and demanding. But also got to remember that she's not just a wife she's 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 somebody's daughter as well and I want to create the environment that she grew up in from a loving dad you like what she has girls like he mentioned he treats his wife in the way uh, she wants to present Uh, a kind of man that their daughter wants to marry out it takes me back to that as well when I, I want to create that you can either match that or do better so I constantly uh, try to remind me of that and imagine that my wife is not only uh, my wife she's also my best friend I love her and I need to remind her of the things that I appreciate mm-hmm. about her as well and it's a daily it's a daily commitment it it requires work for me intention is about recognizing her as an individual as a person as a lady as a woman besides being a wife so she's not only that she's my best friend as well once in a while besides responsibility besides work mm-hmm. besides bills i need to remind her like she's still my lover she's still my girlfriend hit on her daily as you can spend remind her like she never let that go <laughs> make her feel wanted all the time it's, mm. it's probably gonna get dirty from here on so I, I, <laughs> here we go <laughs> i mean i've 
Uh, that's that's so I've, refreshing to hear. Yeah, that's I've so never I've never heard a, 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 a woman would say that's my better yeah. half. I've always heard a man say that's she's my <laughs> better half. You know, just imagine if half of your body is mm. gone, like you can't function. If you have if you have half of your body is paralyzed or you know has half of your face is has a you know bell's palsy mm. you can't function you know you know it, it's just an example uh, you, your face can't function yeah. that's just a better half of how you're gonna make your whole face mm. completely look the way you're supposed to be if not then one side is hanging it doesn't function that yeah. way you know when you come into in a yeah. lock in a marriage you're in a lock in something that um that you are completely made whole in 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 one you know in a marriage like when you mm. when you're single you still there's a there's a covenant of you being single you're still one complete person but there's another level of being one complete sure. person when you become into marriage you know what i mean when you come wow. into engagement of a marriage is a whole different level of completion there's one completion is you identifying yourself as a female or a male a man of god a woman of god but then when you become one in god with another person you just double the portion of who you are you know what i mean wow and so I have never heard that before. I have Darn. never heard anyone <laughs> sound like that before. Osir just be out here trying to preach so, all day long. You know, a lot of people has a different perspective of, of marriage, and they say, "Oh man, when I was single, I can't find my better half." I was like, "No, you're better. You're complete as a single person, but now you just got the double portion of who you are when you found another person." You know, and so. So yeah, that's just that's why it's, it's so important to honor something that is that makes you complete or a double portion of the anointing of the blessing of life you know and when people get a divorce they feel like they can't breathe they feel like they wow. suffocate why because it's spiritual it's 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 something that God mm. has given no man can take it away so no man can give it either Wow. <laughs> You're preaching a whole word. Yeah. Wow. That's another that's day. another podcast for <laughs> call another my people. day. Yeah, call my God, people. That's Talk so good. Call my people. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. I honestly have never heard of that breakdown yeah. before. That's why I said when we were so good. when we had our wow. conversation the other day, and I was saying, you know, a lot of people don't realize their blessing <clears throat> is in a woman especially for a man. And I can I can I can speak that for myself and then a lot of other men can also testify to that. And also on the other side, it's vice versa, you know, and that's a whole different project podcast altogether for a woman to see their man the way they're supposed to see their man. And it's a whole different blessing in their life. And oh mm. uh, yeah, it's it's um it's huge. It's it's huge in life wow. that you have to take take hold of because it plays a lot of part in our humanity, our um being king, our mm. our kingship title as a child and a 
and a woman of God, a, a, a man of God, a, a husband and uh, a wife. And so mm-hmm. it, it plays a lot of parts. Um, but as a husband, you know, I, I can only speak for the husband. It's, it's so critical for you to be who God called you to be, you know, and uh, stand up and be humble. Mm. <laughs> That's the biggest, biggest thing. Stand up and be humble. So when you're good. called to be the head of the household, the head of the household mm. is the leader of the house. A leader always serves first, always does the laundry first. You lead in everything. A leader of the house. You do the laundry first. You do the dishes first. You lead in everything. You paint the house first. You clean first. You, you know, we we tend to lack in a lot of those areas, but it's a work in progress. <laughs> but you have to lead that way, mm. you know. So wow, wow, yeah, child. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's just drop the mic right here. Let's. That's so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Osea, as a father, what is one thing you hope your girls will learn from you that they'll always remember, you know, um, something about that? What is one thing that you are intentionally doing right now? Uh, have, a, have a heart of a servant mm. and uh, always be kind. Um, and um, that's what I want to leave mm. behind is, is uh, you know, two human beings that can serve the world to be a different place you know so good um dan what is one thing you want to be known for before you leave this world i definitely want to be remembered as an example of a great leader um i definitely have a heart of the community for the community i have uh, passion of leadership and I'm, I'm pretty much building up my profile towards something big and hopefully God willing I uh, would be in position to make decisions that makes a positive impact for the general public Man, I definitely if I were to leave this world I want to be known by the way I treat my family by the way I treat everybody around me the way I make my decisions based on the general good, not of personal gain. I definitely just want to be remembered as a, as a leader. So, and even a, with Buller Boy, I want to be, I, I, I hope, I hope to be inspiring those that are watching to see that things are possible, uh, to see that you can do the things you love and make a living out of it. I just want to be a great example uh, before I leave this world. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to live out. Um, so good. You know, some people be like, oh, he talks all about God, but he never wants to leave God behind for their girls. No, kindness and being a servant heart is who Jesus was. So mm. I'll just, you know, I, I, I want to mm. leave that for them to yeah. always put God first. But putting God first is always being a servant other people be there for the people you know he died for the people and so just being the heart of god yeah yeah um our world keeps evolving do you think our culture is going to be watered down living here in the Uh, states i i don't 
Well, it, it, it depends on uh, the individual. Uh, I think if the individual mm-hmm. upholds their own culture, their own... Um, because being watered down is a bigger picture of tradition and culture. If you look at it as a community, but if you make a person stand yeah. on its own and you tell him, where are you from? Mm. Oh, I'm from Monombalawo. And he talks about the Matangali and the Yavusa and the Monobano and all that stuff. Mm. All the traditional sayings and the dialects. Yeah, That's what makes it still more rooted and authentic in its own way. You know, and and <clears throat> being watered down mm. is, a, is a matter of... Um, uh, disowning the culture, you know, disowning the culture, and so I don't, mm. I don't think that will ever come to mm. a place because we're so authentic in our own way. Whether some people were even they like it or not, if they couldn't yeah. even speak a lick of Fijian in them, yeah. when they go back home, that thing will still rise up in them to be respectful, to be to sit the way they're supposed to sit. To, you yeah. know, to do to only walk certain places yeah. and you know and you don't touch people's hair you know and stuff like that like those kind of little things yeah <clears throat> because being watered down we just look at it as a general sense of like oh man it's so you know mm. this person doesn't know this this person doesn't know this about his culture but that person doesn't know it because another person doesn't teach it yeah because it's not available, yeah. you know. You yeah. know, it's 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 up to the individual to uphold, or that person doesn't know it because they choose to not know it. But it doesn't take away the culture, yeah. the richness of the yeah. culture. It doesn't take away the authenticity of tradition and culture. Uh, it still exists whether you like it or not. You know, you can say the word of God is being watered down. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, you can. You can interpret it however many ways you want you want it, but the original becomes the original word of God. You know, you can the world, the earth and heaven yeah. will pass away. His word won't. It's just like tradition and culture for us. But it's up to the individual mm. and the way you set your mind to it, you know. Yeah. That's so good. Well that's no. you know, that's very true. I think you can't escape yourself. You know, I um I mean, even I have to tell you guys a, a quick funny story. Yesterday, I was over at a friend's house. I'm home for the holidays in Sacramento, and um, we mm-hmm. were talking about our villages and all of that stuff. And my friend and I were talking about how we had to go back yeah. and yeah. Uh, find out about our Matangali, our Manuvanu, and it's and that really made me so happy to hear yeah. that my friend. Mm-hmm. Who was you know part of the Velomani uh, Zoom conversation, um, and we talked about how you know how you guys started this dialogue, and now we know that and how important it is because yeah. it's important to know who we are, you know. And um, a personal journey for me is you know growing up in Sacramento, I was always Culture. trying to run away from, <laughs> yeah. from like culture things, you know. I'm like, yeah. ah. I gotta go to the four hour service. I'd rather not. Uh, I have to go to my aunt's house and I just, I basically go and serve. Like I didn't take, you know, I didn't yeah. look at it as you can go learn some things. You need to go and learn how to arrange yep. mats. 
you know how does our village how do we do it you know and being taken you know being away from home because uh, I live in LA and I remember going to uh, going to an, to a class and this girl was looking at my resume and she goes oh you're from Fiji yeah. that makes yep. you stand out yep. even more so tell me about your culture and it made me exactly. like made me go back and I'm like I want to know yep. more like I need to that this is what makes me stand out you know and I go to church with a bunch of Nigerians yeah. who mm-hmm. they are US citizens and they know about their village they know about their dialects they know they are rooted you know and so and i remember you know and yeah and you just you can't run away from yourself so the biggest i mean and this is the biggest thing i'm taking away from even our conversation how rich it is to know who you are and where you come from because that's your Mm -hmm. stamp that's your dna (laughs) that's that's everything pretty much every person's responsibility to pass down because this is the country is something that is down through and through storytelling and practice it's it's not something that you that is available yeah. on google so for me the pressure on me and my kids <laughs> is for me to introduce them to them to teach them personally um, so it's it's pretty much uh, mm. a choice an individual choice but yeah being in a world that keeps on evolving but yeah it is a big it is a big uh, threat that for our culture to exist yeah. I mean I want to have kind of like a Chinatown but a Fijian version out here that's where mm. our culture is so rich mm. and and that's one thing why, uh, that I'm grateful about with uh, money uh, worldwide network like we really need to be intentional about yep. uh, keeping our culture alive because uh, we're pretty much uh, yeah. fighting with with the uh, mainstream because kids mm. from here, they take on uh, mm. I mean, a different culture is in their face 24-7 so it, it's pretty yeah. much responsibility as individuals as parents yeah. and as elders to make sure that our culture survives and also as a community like uh, Velo Money it's a much needed uh, concept out here especially in the yeah. yeah yeah necessary I, I was just gonna also add um, I remember having this conversation with this guy um, this African American guy um, here in Sacramento and he was asking more asking me more about you know Fijian culture and where we come from and all this stuff and I asked him, I was like, what about you? Where are you from? And he was like, this is where I yeah. want to say yeah, you're very exactly. blessed because you can trace where you come from, yeah. where your great-grandparents come from. I can't even do that yeah. because yeah. Yeah. a cutoff was in Georgia for my family, you know? And so now they're having to guess. And then it's, 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 it's there's something special about knowing exactly where you come from you know who your families are and what their roles are you know i think it gives you like a sense of identity and a sense of purpose as well like how uh as an individual like that is just a a testimony to you it's just a testament to you to even see it for yourself that they say oh you know i can only trace it back to georgia like but but then look at you as you you're from you're from you know 
you still have roots that are still there and we should yeah. be grateful and we should keep that yeah and yeah. you know and and this whole thing uh that you know yeah. the, the african-american uh had been the thing that has been taken away from the african-american is their culture their identity as an african person like yeah. where their village is from their ancestral uh where they came from like yeah. I wish that wasn't taken away from them where their journey started from what part of Africa you know they came from you know mm. and that 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 yeah. I would say we're blessed in that way to be yeah. able to see look at that and then look at us we can literally yeah. trace our way back you know 50 or yeah. 100 years back and and they yeah. can't because they only reach up to Georgia <laughs> you know and so that that alone should just speak a yeah. lot of volume for us Fijians to continue to um, teach our kids yeah. uh, be who you're supposed to be as a Fijian uh, yeah. and be that example and, and continue to mm. to uh, light the torch and run with it and don't yeah. grow weary with that torch and that torch that says yeah. you know I'm a Fijian this is my culture and tradition this is where we originate from yeah. you know And, and and this is my family tree and this is my oh, like God. everything about like don't water it down to say I'm just not gonna go I'm gonna go to the church service yeah yeah you know what I mean that's one way of watering it down on a yeah. personal level yeah just yeah. discrediting us like ah, yeah. because yeah you're so tired of the religious it doesn't have to do with tradition you're just tired of the religious part of mm-hmm. it it just becomes yeah. boring but how can we change yeah. it how yeah. can we make it fun yeah know? we yeah. are now in today's generation yeah. that we can change the narrative right. change the things around but enrich the culture and, and tradition and keep it alive you know yeah exactly be and relevant that's so true and being and be relevant you know and how we can yeah and how we deliver exactly. the message you know if that's through an app if that's through social media if that's through however we can stay you know be relevant we yeah. don't have to repeat what our parents or what our grandparents did you know uh, make it where I can still learn you know I think that's where the Veta Lanoa with Zoom you know it was successful mm-hmm. for the kids because it's something that's so relevant today you know they do that yeah. in school they also do that in you know um Um, in learning our language and stuff and um, this is this has just been such a great conversation and I know that oh, you guys man. will be back because we still have to talk about <laughs> other topics that's me volunteering them um, and I also just want to highlight real quick okay so Seg oh, is a new single <laughs> hey. biggest uh, it's just more of a big message it, it's called Freedom Fighters Uh, the bigger message that exactly what we're talking about today is continuously fighting for your freedom uh, for culture uh, for your rights as a human race your rights as a human being uh, rights as a, as a your political rights your human rights your uh, women's rights you know um, yes. that makes you who you are as a human being those those things make you who you are as a human being you know yeah. and a lot of things in our lives makes us who we are what we eat is what we what makes us a human being you know mm-hmm. uh, who we build ourselves around makes us a human mm-hmm. being so 
a lot of the things that I wrote in my in my single yeah. was talking about freedom fighters. It, was, it derived from and it was inspired by uh, stuff that we deal with, deal with back at home, and the stuff that we dealt with here as uh, yeah. you know as as people fight for their freedom, like we mm-hmm. were just talking about culture. Uh, you know our native land that we try to fight for. Uh, our rights here in Africa as a, as, as a Black yeah. American, uh, a Native American, their native land. Uh, we talk. Yeah. I'm talking about Native culture, women, and you know how women gets belittled. It's pretty much everything that we talked about today is what yeah. my heart was poured out to that song, and yeah. that yeah. freedom that we're trying to fight. And exactly what we've talked about today on this awesome. podcast is the freedom that we try to fight to keep alive continue to push forward and advance you know and so um yeah and uh, mm. there's there's a there's a fijian chant in there love that and um it just talks about our yep. our culture uh, which is the way we do things we have to respect mm. the voice of um yeah. the voice of our elders that we need to hear uh, the voice from heaven that we need to listen to. Uh, It continuously call on us from heaven Mm. to earth, you know, over and over. And so that's what the chant uh, means. If you get a chance to go see it, Freedom Fighters, Osea, O-S-E-A-K, on YouTube and all, all the platforms. If you get to see it, just sit down and just listen to the lyrics. And um, the guy that's rapping in there is up, is my producer. Yeah. Uh, he talks about, um, uh, you know, he talks about being evicted as a native. Um, you know, and so it, it's, it's such a huge, huge um, verse that he said there. I'm gonna, I just want to read a little bit of what he said. He said, I'm frontline in the yeah. pinch. And he said, okay, get me. And he said a little bit of cover. K-A-V-A, quickly. <laughs> and he said, I'm a dream of a million things yeah. not picked up like sticks in the Nina. And then he talks about UB40. Are you listening to the organs that plays at home of the in the home of the brave? And then he says, where the rich plays game, right here, the rich plays game, and Mm. us with evicted graves. We are the graves, we get evicted, but yet the rich plays game. And so when he's talking about that, you know, and he says, I'm I'm in the front line on a pinch, you know, and he said, nothing is free in the Mm. stretch. Of life living's blessed. Mm-hmm. I'm in he said I N, which is wow. I N geniusly pressed. Like I'm a genius, but I'm still oppressed. Wow. You know? Pressed. I'm in genius. Wow. So there's a lot of um, a lot of message that's in there, but my biggest call out to the people on this on this mm-hmm. uh uh, single was uh, what Sam Kyles wrote was a hook and he said calling out 
and I'm calling forth, standing proud, and I'm standing tall. We are warriors, 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 warriors. I'm calling out, I'm calling forth. I'm standing proud, and wow. I'm standing tall. We are warriors. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so good. What was that? <laughs> Single ever. That was my That's first so, ever so written good. song. Period. My first, yeah, my first, and you know, wow. I never really dived into music here and there. Never yeah. really sang, but then something just came into me, and God dropped this song in my heart, and I wrote it and connected with the right people, and it just kind of took off from there. And then, you know, and and I'm blessed to be able to bless other people, and I hope people really pay attention to the message that's within it, and not, you yeah. know. The the beat and all that is dope. Yeah. But the message in it is where it's powerful. You know. Yeah. Congratulations, Thank you, man. Thank you. Powerful. Thank you. I appreciate That's... you guys. How can what's your name again? All on, the music uh, platforms. Big o. On the, all the <laughs> I music platforms. Put big o, but it's O S E A <laughs> and capital K. <laughs> and the the single is called Freedom Fighters. Okay. Yeah. Freedom Fighters. Yo. Nice. And um, Dan, your what is your um, on social media platforms? How can people yeah. find you? So reach out through Instagram or Facebook, Bull Boy Club. That's it. That's it. I'm gonna make sure to link that also on my Instagram and tag his page. Um, you guys, thank you so much for this. Thank you for thank you. coming on and just dropping bombs on everyone. We're, and, we're honored uh, to be in the celebrity, in the midst of celebrity <laughs> status. Uh, if you don't stop, podcast, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're honored. Thank you, Mariani. Thank you for all that you do. Too much. We appreciate you. You deserve to be honored. You deserve to be blessed. And we speak blessing over you and everything you do. God, thank you. I'm gonna go now and cry in the closet. Um, anyways, thank you so much for listening to Beta Lenoir and see you guys next year. Bye.